Hi, I'm Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, we're going to be looking at what it means to trust God through difficulty. And before I dive in, I wanted to let you know that our new winter issue of the Set Apart Girl magazine is available for purchase now in our online store. This is just such a beautiful, biblically rich, truth-based resource for women of every age. So it makes a great gift if you're looking for something really meaningful to give this holiday season. Just go to setapartgirl.com and click on our shop and you'll see that winter issue. It's issue number 27 of our magazine and it's only available for a limited time. It's sort of like a special edition magazine. So if you'd like to purchase copies, definitely don't wait too long because they'll go very quickly. There are a lot of other Christmas specials on the website on the Set Apart Girl shop as well. So if you're looking for those Christ-centered gifts, be sure to check those out. And I also wanted to remind you that December 2nd is the last day to get the best pricing, the early bird discount on all of our Ellerslie Spring Discipleship programs. So whether you'd like to join us for a week or a five-week program, or a season, go to ellersley.com to learn about that because the best pricing, you can actually hold your spot and lock in that early bird pricing just for a deposit right now. And if you're looking for that set apart season to go deeper with Jesus Christ, or even if you want to come with your spouse or your family, this is really a life-changing experience to come to Ellersley, whether it's for a week or for a season. So go to ellersley.com to learn more. And I really would love to see you in Colorado this spring. Let's dive into this topic of trusting God through difficulty. As we're entering the holiday season, we see a lot of parties and celebrations and happy things unfolding all around us. But a lot of us, I know, are walking through really difficult things. I know for me, it's been a really hard year, actually a really hard couple of years. And this message of trusting God to redeem those hard situations, to let him work all things together for good in my life has really been an important thing for me to wrestle through in my own life. And I want to share with you just some of the things that I've learned through the process of the last few years of struggle and difficulty and what I've seen God do in hopes that it will be a blessing and an encouragement to you through whatever hard thing you might be walking through in this season. About four years ago, Eric and I embarked upon an adoption journey to toddlers from Haiti, and we really believed that God was leading us to say yes to these two children in need to bring them into our family. We bathed that entire adoption through with prayer and just with diligence. Our All of our other kids were praying every day for it, and we had been through two adoptions already, so the process wasn't really new to us, but what we ran into with this adoption from Haiti was something completely different than we had ever experienced before. What should have taken maybe six to 12 months ended up being a 29-month struggle, and it became very, very traumatic for both Eric and I and really our whole family to walk through some of the corruption and the difficulties that we ran into in that process were so intense and so extreme that all I really wanted to do was walk away. I didn't want to even continue, but we had already committed to these children, and they didn't have another family to go to. They didn't have another good situation to go into. So we felt responsible that we needed to keep persevering, but it was one of those things all I could think about was just getting out of the situation. At one point, there was so much 
confusion and corruption going on over this adoption that I was so stressed out about all of it that I couldn't eat and I couldn't sleep for about two weeks. And I really began to cry out to God for perspective because I thought, God, why are you allowing this to happen? I've said yes to you and faithfulness to you and obedience to you, and yet I've really walked into a situation that is more intense and more stressful than I bargained for. I was pointed to the words of Isaiah 61.3, where God declares that he gives beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. I was reminded also of Psalm 126.5, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. And Psalm 30.11, you have turned my mourning into dancing. And as I meditated on those beautiful words of scripture, those promises from God, I began to realize that even though I felt like I was in a very dark, dark place, a very deep pit, as Corey Ten Boom says, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. And I began to realize God's story for me in this area was not over yet. And I started to gain that reassurance that God would create beauty out of these ashes. I was reminded of the story of Joseph, who had to learn how to trust God, even when it seemed like he had been forsaken. It seemed like, it must have seemed like God had just forgotten about him with all the difficulty, first being betrayed by his own family members and sold into slavery and abused and mistreated and then falsely accused and then thrown into prison and then forgotten by those he had helped get out of prison. Just the difficulty in his life is really hard to fathom. And yet because he kept his eyes focused on God, he did not become bitter against God, continued to trust God through all of that difficulty. God did turn all that was meant for evil against him to good. And Job, you'll see the exact same pattern. What Job went through was very traumatic. And yet because he put his trust in God, he was richly blessed far beyond what he could ever hope or imagine when God brought him through that trial. And so through those stories and meditating on those truths, I began to take hope and courage that God would somehow take the anguish, the confusion, the heartache that I was feeling and turn those things into strength and victory if I would continue to trust him and hope in him. And that was a struggle. And I I will say that it requires the grace of God to continue to trust God when you don't see the end of the story, when you're in the middle of that struggle and you can only see the pain and the heartache and the confusion and your soul is just asking, why? Why are you allowing this to happen? God asks us to put our trust in him and not to become bitter against him. So I asked him for the grace to do that in that struggle through that really hard stretch in the adoption and I began to see slowly over time, God began to work all things together for good. After 29 long months of overwhelming struggle and heartache, those tears of sorrow finally turned into tears of joy when those Haitian toddlers came off the plane in Denver and ran straight into my arms. It was really a moment of triumph. And I was crying in that moment, not not simply because I was touched and moved and blessed that I finally had these children in my in my arms, but because I was so relieved that this struggle, this battle actually had come to an end. That adoption has not been a fairy tale story, but it has been a story of God's perfect faithfulness. There has been tremendous pain associated with our adoption of those two children, but there's also been tremendous reward. I think oftentimes of the amazing blessings that I would have missed out on if I had just given up and walked away before the story was over, before his purposes were 
accomplished. I would have missed the blessing of these two little children to love and to care for, the blessing of our family witnessing answered prayer, and the blessing of feeling his everlasting arms underneath me, even in my darkest hour, in my darkest time, and even the blessing of the refiner's fire that God took us through as we chose to stand in the gap for those two children who are precious in his sight. God is a God who gives beauty for ashes. He turns our sorrow, our sadness, our weeping into dancing, and he fulfills his purpose for us. Those are promises that we can stand on. That is who our God is. But it is so easy to give up hope before the story is actually over. And maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you've experienced some kind of crushing disappointment or dreams that have come crashing to the ground, or you've been deeply wounded by someone you've trusted, or you've walked through grief and loss and pain pain. And that is something that I can relate to even in the past couple of years, even through the victory of, of bringing Reese and Lily home, there have been other sorrows and other struggles that have come into my life that have felt even more intense than what we went through in that adoption. But God has constantly brought me back to this question. Have I laid those ashes of sorrow at the feet of Jesus, expectantly waiting for him to give me beauty in return? Am I standing firmly on the promises of God that knowing and trusting that he will work all things together for my good, not just the good things, but the hard things as well, as I hope in him. And do I believe the promise of Isaiah 40, 31 that says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. If we allow bitterness and cynicism and doubt to cloud our soul, if we are tempted to pull away from God and blame him for our pain, if we have rejected things that are pure and lovely because of our own frustration and despair, if we are allowing doubt and self-pity to push aside faith and hope, then we will not see God turn those ashes into beauty in our life. We will not experience the joy of watching God work all things together for our good because we're choosing bitterness over faith in that situation. The way that we answer the question, am I expecting God to work all things together for good? Am I still trusting him? That is a matter of spiritual life or death. Really, that is oftentimes what pushes us away from God. I know that celebrating doubt and talking about our disappointment with God is a very popular thing to do in this generation, but it's such a dangerous thing to do when we start to question God and turn against him and become offended against him and feel entitled to rebel against him because we don't like the way something has unfolded in our life. If we will hang on and say, Lord, I can't understand why I can't see the end of this story, but I choose to trust you, that is when our spiritual life will begin to flourish. Our intimacy with with him will begin to thrive and we will begin to see him work all things together for good. There are two ways to respond to trials and difficulties, and I think it's summed up so well in this quote from Amy Carmichael, two men looked through prison bars, the one saw mud and the other stars. It's how you look at the situation that matters. Are you keeping your eyes on Jesus or on the circumstances? The first way to go through suffering and pain is this. If you experience the painful loss to your personal comforts and your life expectations, and you're constantly asking why and begrudging the loss all the while, it causes you to end up with a soul that is filled with doubt and despair and cynicism and denouncement of everything true and godly. But if you go through suffering and sorrow, the second way 
there's a very different story that can unfold. If you receive life's difficulties as blessings and opportunities to grow stronger and to discover greater richness in life and trust that God is in control no matter what, you will begin to explode with spiritual vitality. You can trust God with an ever-increasing faith and you'll gain the amazing blessing of his nearness and his grace. So I encourage you, no matter what difficult thing you're walking through, not to join that bandwagon of cynicism and bitterness and doubt towards God and think, well, I have every right to deny God and pull away from him and live how I want to live because he hasn't come through for me. That is a lie from the enemy. If we will say, no, I still trust my God. He is exactly who he says he is and he will be faithful in my life. That's when we will begin to see miracles unfold. There's a really interesting story in the Bible about John the Baptist. He was in prison awaiting his execution and he sent word to Jesus asking whether Jesus was really the Messiah. When I read that story, I wonder why John would be asking a question like that, because he had already proclaimed Jesus to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He had witnessed the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus like a dove, and he had already heard the voice of the Father say, this is my Son in whom I have well pleased. Is it possible that John's circumstances were causing him to question the things that he once firmly believed? Jesus sent a message back to John that said, Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. That's in Luke 7, 23. To be offended in this verse means essentially to trip or stumble, to become offended or indignant. And how easy it is to fall into that trap when disappointment or heartache comes our way. It's all too easy to trip over our difficult circumstances and take up an offense against God. But as Jesus told John, how blessed are those whom God can trust with pain. Those are the ones, like I said earlier, who can receive his beauty for ashes. That beauty may not be evident right away, but when we trust our God with the ashes of our hurt or our pain or our regret, we can be sure that his redemptive power is already at work in our lives. I love the tapestry poem. It was one that I heard from a message by Corey Ten Boom, and she often quoted it during her ministry. And it says this, my life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow and I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reasons why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares, nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. What a powerful reminder that even when we can't see the end of the story, God is using the dark threads and the light threads to weave together a beautiful tapestry if we will allow him to finish that redemptive work and not bail out before he's finished that masterpiece of our lives. Here are three ways that have helped me greatly when it comes to walking through difficulty and keeping my gaze on Jesus. The first one is to rejoice. Now, rejoicing amid pain feels very, very unnatural. But I once heard a missionary say, rejoicing is faith in action. And it's true because when we choose to thank God in all circumstances, it sets the stage for his powerful faithfulness to be demonstrated in our lives. Betsy and Corey Ted Boom discovered that when they were imprisoned in a Nazi concentration camp. Where they were staying, their barracks, it was infested with fleas. It was overcrowded. And they felt convicted that they should be thanking God for everything. But Corey said, I don't think even God can make me thankful for a flea. And yet as they chose to thank God for the irritating 
fleece to rejoice in their situation, even though there was really no physical reason, practical reason to rejoice. They soon discovered an amazing blessing. Because of the fleas, the prison guards refused to enter those barracks, and Corey and Betsy were able to freely share the gospel and have Bible studies with so many unsaved women, and they wouldn't have heard it any other way. They became free to worship, to pray, and even to read the Bible that Corey had smuggled into the camp. None of those things would have been possible without those fleas. We have to remember that God does give beauty for ashes, and when we rejoice in all things, we begin to see those glimmers of his heavenly beauty no matter what we are walking through. The second practical is to seek out the right comfort. Whenever we're walking through hard things, it's really easy to surround ourselves with people who will shower us with sort of a poor you, self-pity kind of message. But Amy Carmichael once said in one of her books that that kind of sympathy weakens. It doesn't strengthen, which is very true. If we are going to the people who say, oh, you poor thing, I feel so bad for you. This is just terrible. You have every reason to feel bitter or angry or hurt. Then basically, we're just going to allow those struggles to pull us further away from Christ. If you're struggling with any kind of pain or difficulty, I encourage you to first and foremost take your pain to the feet of Jesus and allow him to be the God of all comfort to you just as he promises he will be. And if you go to others for counsel or encouragement from other Christians, don't turn to people who appoint you to self-pity and cynicism and doubt. Find people who will encourage you with truth and point you to Jesus Christ and infuse you with heavenly courage to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, if you don't have friends or people in your life who who can encourage you in that way, remember that there can be tremendous strength that can be received from the testimonies of Christians who have gone before us. There are some great biographies out there. Evidence Not Seen by Darlene Dibler is one of my favorites. Many times my faith has been bolstered by the stories of men and women who went through terrible things and yet emerged triumphant because of the enabling grace of God. It's such a blessing to realize that that same grace is available to us. The third practical I want to share with you is to welcome the presence, the nearness of God. It says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. When we are walking through difficulty, one of the most amazing gifts that we can tap into is that sweet, tender presence of Jesus Christ. So instead of pulling away from him, let's welcome his nearness. Let's allow him to draw near to us. So if you are walking through any kind of pain or struggle, I encourage you to cling to him tighter than you ever have before. Spend time in his presence, pour out your heart to him, and let him speak to your heart and reveal himself to you in greater measure. The Bible promises that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And as Darlene Dibler and so many others have testified, Christ's presence is so rich and so sweet that even a prison cell can become a sanctuary of intimacy with him. So don't let a season of pain and suffering go to waste. Instead, let it draw you into the fellowship of his sufferings, as Paul said, and experience the heavenly beauty that comes when he surrounds you with his presence. Here are some final thoughts that I'd like to share with you. Let us never forget that our God makes all things beautiful in his time. He weaves together both the light and the dark threads of our lives to create a beautiful tapestry if only we will allow him to do his beautiful, redemptive work. So by his grace, may we take the hardest things in our lives, as Lilius Trotter once said, the place of difficulty, outward or inward, and expect God to triumph gloriously in that very spot. And that's exactly what he will do as we trust him. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. To go deeper into this topic, please go to setapartgirl.com and you can read the new article called Beauty for Ashes that goes deeper into this truth. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.